Djokovic reaches all-time record as number one. Serendulo brothers go close to winning back-to-back -back singles titles. Kvitova and Rublev victorious. I'm Rob. And I'm Alicia, and you're listening to the Rubisha Tennis Podcast. So today, March the 8th, 2021, Novak Djokovic has achieved a remarkable step in history as he has now reached 311 weeks in total at world number one. He overtakes Roger Federer, who held this record for quite a while. Who He sat at 310, but now Novak Djokovic has gone one more and he's looking pretty comfortable to keep that world number one title for a while. The current rankings are Novak Djokovic at 311, but he's looking to extend that even more. In second, we've got Roger Federer at 310, and then in third is a fair bit behind at 286. Pete Sampras holding that. Novak Djokovic, he's looking good to keep, keep continuing his total weeks at number one, and he has a good chance of even overtaking Serena Williams' total. I believe she's at 319. Going down the list is obviously Roger Federer's second total oh number. Oh kind of I'm not doing that much. The top five male players to... Okay, the top five male players holding the number one ranking in total weeks is... We've got Novak Djokovic, obviously at 311, as said. Obviously, second is Roger Federer at 310. And then in third, we've got Pete Sampras, who's a bit behind at 286. Yvonne Lendl at 270, and Jimmy Connors at 268. Sixth place is Rafael Nadal at 209. He's the only other active player. Last week, we saw tennis action in Doha on the WTA Tour. Amanda Anasimova didn't even take to the court after having injured her ankle in a non-tennis-related fall, so she was forced to pull out. She had a grade two sprain to her ankle and she was looking to make a comeback into tennis after having not been able to play in Australia because she missed out by a day because she tested positive and was supposed to fly. But her quarantine ended a day after the last charter flight. Tested positive to coronavirus. Victoria Azarenka defeated Elena Svitolina 6-2-6-4 in the quarterfinals in Doha, despite having a back injury and not being able to serve very well. Her movement was limited from the start of the match and she managed to actually beat Svitolina with that injury. But then she was forced to pull out of the next, didn't she? Yeah. yeah forced to pull out of her quarter uh, semi-final match. Didn't take to the court at all, handing Muguruza a walkover into the final. So with... Muguruza into the final. She faced Petra Kvitova in their second... It was a rematch. The rematch of the 2018 final. But it was the same result as that year, as Kvitova defeated Muguruza quite comfortably, 6-2, 6-1. Muguruza had had a really good week, getting lots of good wins. She defeated defending champion Arena Sabalenka. The wind, it was really windy during the final, and she wasn't able to adjust her game very well to the wind. And she, there was, she tried to play aggressive. No, that wasn't that much. She struggled to play consistently with the condition, in the conditions where there was strong wind 
and Kvitova was too good. The early stages of the first set were competitive and Muguruza had break points, but she wasn't able to convert. And then it was pretty much all Kvitova from that moment. In Rotterdam, Andrei Rublev won the title, defeating Hungary's Martin Fukovics 7-6, 6-4. So it was a tightly contested final, but Rublev comes through as the winner. And in Argentina, we almost saw history made. Also in Rotterdam, Medvedev, he had the chance to make history and reach the world number two ranking, which would be the first time that it wasn't a big four player being Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal and Andy Murray in like, what was it, 15 and a half years. If he made the final, he would have got number two and broken the streak, but he lost first round to Dusan Lejovic, 7-6-6-4. And he smashed a record in the process, so he wasn't happy with his performance. So his chance at breaking the domination held by the top four players has passed for another week at least. Another upset in that tournament was Alexander Zverev. He lost in round one as well to Alexander Bublik, 7-5-6-3, despite being up a break in both sets, but he wasn't able to maintain his lead and went on to lose the match. In Argentina, we almost saw a unique feat with the Serendulo brothers winning back-to-back singles titles. A while ago, Juan Manuel, he won the title in... won his first singles title, and then the following week, his brother Francisco reached the final in Buenos Aires, but he lost to Diego Schwartzman. So it would have been quite a unique achievement to have brothers winning separate titles back-to-back, but they didn't quite make it. Moving on to looking at the week ahead, the women, a lot of them, are playing in Dubai. It's a WTA 1000. Alina Svitolina is once again the number one seed and Pliskova the number two seed because we, because we saw Halep and Barty pull out of the tournament. And we also saw withdrawals from Brady and Mutrova and Azarenka and Bedosa have also just announced their withdrawals from the tournament. So looking at the draw for the Dubai tournament, the top eight seeds all have a first round bye, except for Azarenka. She had a first round bye, but as she pulled out, lucky loser Martina Trevison takes her spot. And so she Trevison earns a second round bye, first round bye into the second round. So she was a very lucky loser. Speaking of lucky losers, Ms. Masaki Doi collected her third lucky loser spot for 2021. The first two times she had received a lucky loser spot, she actually won her first round matches to take advantage of that. So can she do it again in Doha, in Dubai? And continuing on the topic of lucky losers, Harriet Dart in the final round of qualifying lost to Australia's Astra Sharma. However, she got lucky loser I think because of Bedosa pulling out. And guess who she drew in the first round? Astra Sharma. So they're going to have a rematch in the first round. So I'm not sure how often that happens, but lucky in a way. 
and unlucky in another. But at least she knows what to expect in her opening round match. On the men's side, they now go to Doha, where the women have just played. Something exciting is Roger Federer. He's making his return to tennis at last. He hasn't played since the Australian Open in 2020, so it's a long-awaited return as he suffered a knee injury. was hoping to return for Australia, but wasn't prepared, and also he had concerns around quarantining and COVID lockdowns and stuff. But at last, he's making his return. But we do have to wait until round two to see that, as he has a first round bye. Doha is only an ATP 250 event with Dominic Team as the top seed. Second seed is Roger Federer, as we mentioned, so he had a bye into the second round where he would meet the winner of Jerome Shardy and Dan Evans. Other seeded players include number three seed Andre Rublev, who has come off his win over in Rotterdam, and the number four seed is David Goffin, also a title winner just recently. David Goffin is another form player after having won the Montpellier title the week before last. But in Rotterdam, he lost second round. Other tournaments taking place this week include Open 13 Province in in Marseille, France, where Matt Ebden has qualified for the main draw. So he's on a bit of a run good run at the moment and hopefully he can continue and there's also a tournament in the Chile Dove Men Plus Care Open. Santiago de Chile. And on the women's side there's also a tournament in in Guadalajara, Mexico, the Abierto Zapopan 2021. It's a WTA 250 event and Doha is a 1000. And just to wrap up this week's podcast, we've had an update on what's happening with the ATP rankings, all the results from events between the 4th of March 2019 and the 5th of August 2019, that the equivalent tournaments that were played in 2019 that were not able to be played in 2020 due to the COVID-19 lockdown. The points have been... The results have been extended another 52 weeks, but they only weigh 50%. So a player if can either use 50% of their 2019 result or 100% of their 2021 result, depending on which is better. That method of rankings will assist players that were in form in 2019 but have struggled in recent times due to various reasons surrounding the COVID-19 situation. So that is it for this week's Rubisha Tennis Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and also check out our website at rubishatennis.com. So I'm Rob. And I'm Alicia and you've been listening to the Rubisha Tennis Podcast. See you next week. Bye.